0: Topic 2, Communication in the Foreign Language Classroom, Verbal and Nonverbal Communication, Extralinguistic Strategies, Nonverbal Reactions to Messages in Different Contexts. Index. This topic is divided in four sections. Section 1, Communication in the Foreign Language Classroom. Section 2, Verbal and Nonverbal Communication. Section 3, Extralinguistic Strategies. Section 4, Nonverbal Reactions to Messages in Different Contexts. Section 1, Communication in the Foreign Language Classroom, is subdivided in three subsections. A, Definition of Communication, B, Characteristics of Communication, and C, Communicative Competence. Section 2, Verbal and Nonverbal Communication, is subdivided in three subsections. A, Nonverbal Behaviors, B, Nonverbal Modes, C, Nonverbal Functions. Section 3, linguistic Strategies, is subdivided in three subsections. Subsection A, Gestures, Facial Expression, and Mime B, Voice C, Eye Contact Section 4, Nonverbal Reactions to Messages in Different Contexts is subdivided in two subsections Subsection A, Teaching Through 3PR. Subsection B, Activities with Nonverbal Strategies. Introduction The title of this topic concentrates on nonverbal communication and its development, for language, paralinguistics, etc., what has often been the focus in areas such as the refinement of presentation skills, developing social skills, etc. However, relatively little attention has been paid to this in foreign language teaching, Though so the most recent trends in teaching approaches, as well as either the national and international regulations concerning foreign language education, advocate for the use in the classroom. Our intention is to spot on the most recent findings as far as second language teaching practice is concerned. Related to This topic is closely related to the concept of communicative competence, which is also present both in the Organic Law of Education, 2-26, LOE, and in the LOMCE, 8-2013. More precisely, the LOMCE establishes the following general objective. To acquire a basic communicative competence in at least one foreign language so that they, the students, can express and understand easy messages and handle daily life situations. Besides, as it was the case in LOE, Key competence number one is the linguistic communication competence. Furthermore, the Royal Decree 126-2014, passed on the 28th of February, divides the contents into four different sections or blocks, one, listening, two, speaking, three, reading, and four, writing. All these contents, together with most of the cross-curricular contents, aim to help primary students become communicatively competent in the foreign language. If we take into account the connection with other topics, topics number 1 and 3 also deal with communication, language and communication, and spoken and written communication, respectively. And topics 7 and 8 deal with communication and language skills, oral skills, listening and speaking, and written skills, reading and writing. Communication is also covered in topics 13 and 14, although it could be considered to be developed in any of them, since, according to Spanish legislation, it is the ultimate goal of foreign language teaching. Development of the topic. Section 1. Communication in the Foreign Language Classroom. Subsection A. Definition of Communication. Communication is understood as the exchange and negotiation of information through the use of verbal and nonverbal symbols, oral and written modes, and production and comprehension processes. Communication involves a continuous negotiation of meaning by the participants in the communicative act. Subsection B. Characteristics of Communication. According to Widdowson, the main characteristics of communication are the following. It is used in social interaction. It is always purposeful. There is a high degree of unpredictability and creativity, both in form and message. It takes place in discourse and sociocultural contexts. It involves authentic language. It is considered successful or not, depending on the final result of the communicative process, that is, if the main communicative purpose has been fulfilled. Subsection C Communicative Competence. According to the Common European Framework of Reference for Languages, by communicative competence we understand the knowledge, what we know about the language, and the skills, how well one can perform that knowledge in a communicative situation, that a speaker should master in order to carry out communication effectively, and that competence refers not just to linguistic knowledge, but also to verbal and nonverbal strategies that are present in communication. Communicative competence includes different areas of knowledge and skills, according to Canal and Swain. These are grammatical competence, sociolinguistic competence, discourse competence, and strategic competence. Grammatical competence, that's the mastery of the language code, vocabulary, grammar, word formation, structures, pronunciation, spelling, etc. Sociolinguistic competence, that's the ability to produce and understand utterances appropriately, both as regards form and meaning in different contexts. Part of this sociolinguistic competence is already acquired in language one mastering process, as it is universal and present in all languages. However, there are other cultural aspects that will have to be taken into account. Discourse competence, that's the ability to combine grammatical structures and meanings to produce a speech or a written text. Strategic competence, that's the mastery of verbal and non-verbal communication strategies in order to resolve grammatical problems and discourse difficulties. This competence is also acquired in mastering the language one, so students must be taught just how to transfer and use it in the acquisition process of the foreign language. Section 2. Verbal and nonverbal communication Although human beings use an articulated and verbal language to communicate, this change and negotiation of meaning may also be achieved through nonverbal symbols, visual, tactile, sound, or olfatory means. Therefore, as learning a language is not only learning the system of signs and the rules to combine them, it also implies the acquisition of certain skills necessary to use the language in real communicative situations and the awareness of the cultural meanings transmitted by those signs and rules. Whereas verbal language enables human beings to transmit information through the use of linguistic signs, nonverbal language uses non linguistic resources to carry out the same function. Both kinds of language are present in communication, so the communicative function of verbal language cannot be properly understood without the nonverbal aspects occurring with it. One inconvenience could be that nonverbal symbols are often culture bound. Brown, in 1987, indicates that the expression of culture is so bound up in nonverbal communication that the barriers to cultural learning are nonverbal rather than verbal. Consequently, it seems reasonable that we should at least raise learners' awareness of them in order to improve their use of lateral language, increase confidence and fluency, and help to avoid intercultural misunderstandings. If we have all these considerations into account, Communication in the foreign language classroom may not involve only language, given that a variety of meanings are also conveyed and reinforced by means of nonverbal strategies. Teachers today aim to help students achieve communicative competence that let them take part in different communicative situations where different linguistic and non-linguistic strategies must be used. In this respect, the Community of Madrid, in the Methodological Guidelines for the English Subject in the degree 89-2014, fosters the use of gestures and miming visual supports etc., as they are recommended strategies for teaching English. Subsection A. Nonverbal Behaviors Ekman and Friesen classify nonverbal behaviors into five groups. Nonverbal acts can be translated into a verbal message or definition, both culture-specific gestures, the thumb up to indicate okay, or universal, gesture taking hand to mouth to indicate it, and they are used for the purpose of communication. Nonverbal acts can occur at the same time as a speech, and their main aim is to enhance communication. Nonverbal acts show affection, especially through facial expression. Nonverbal acts regulate communication. By nodding, we indicate the speaker to go on, or by moving our hands fast, we indicate her to hurry up. Nonverbal acts are developed during childhood to adapt and cope with certain circumstances, such as rub one's hands in stressful situations, or chew a pen if worried. Subsection V. Nonverbal communication modes. According to Arndt and Jenny in 1987, communication is multimodal, and when using nonverbal communication, we make choices among the different modes available. These modes are paralinguistic, prosodic mode, vocal language that accompanies verbal communication, for example, voice pitch runs, high versus low, rhythm, laughing, crying, moaning, yelling, language substitutes like shh, phew, oh, whoa, Kinesics, that's gestures. For example, head movements, like nodding, shaking, face expressions, like smiling or frowning, posture, either tense, normal, or relaxed Volley posture. gestures, like beating fingernails, rubbing one's chin, raising eyebrows, pointing, sticking out one's tongue, etc. Proxemics, that's space. For example, use of a space, like sitting arrangements or creation of environments with carpets on the floor, paintings on the walls, flower pots, lamps, furniture, etc. And use of distance, because the distance can be intimate, personal, social, or public. Oculesics, that's eye stalk. For example, prolongation gaze, gaze version. Optics, tactile communication. For example, handshaking, holding the other person on the shoulder, patting, grabbing, or rubbing the other person. Chronemics, that's time. For example, arriving late or on time for an appointment, taking up a lot of the other's time. Body coverings, that's clothes and fashion. For example, wearing cheap or expensive clothes, shoes, makeup, hairstyles, wearing a tie, holding a cigarette in a particular way, wearing rings. Physiological responses, those are out of control. For example, sweating, blinking, swallowing, breathing heavily, yawning, hiccuping. Physical appearance, that's attractiveness, beauty, or ugliness. For example, shape of body parts, color of skin, either black, white, or turned, color of hair, high way of walking, limping, or right, swinging one's arms. However, nonverbal cues are never used in isolation, but in clusters, several cues interacting. From this interaction, we get the message. Subsection C, nonverbal communication functions. Some of these modes, if not all, are always present in face-to-face communication, performing some of the following functions. Regulatory function, that's tips from interpretation and conversation management. Interpersonal function, that's expressing emotions and favoring communicative goals. Emblematic function, that's indicating size, safe, distance. And adaptive function, that's reassuring, indicating annoyance. Nonverbal communication may even convey messages about personal mental states, likes and dislikes, looseness and tightness, expression and repression of emotions, expression and repression of positive or negative attitudes and about interpersonal relationships, superiority and inferiority, intimacy and distance, dominance and deference, symmetrical and asymmetrical power relationships. These ideas illustrate how a culture implies communication. Needless to say, the role of the ICDs and digital competence proves to be very useful for nonverbal communication, since computers, visual resources, and new technologies can facilitate nonverbal communication by using pictures and signs to represent objects or activities, and thus developing symbolic understanding. Some students, especially those with learning difficulties or struggling, may communicate with the help of ICTs. Section 3. Extralinguistic strategies. The use of nonverbal communication can greatly enrich the student's command of both the receptive and the productive skills. It is an effective resource to make what we say more understandable. Miravian, in 1982, maintains that 50% of the information is transmitted by facial expression and body language. Foreign language teachers often use them to facilitate the comprehension of meaning, to associate the language used and its meaning without the systematic use of translation. Gestures also provide an effective means of managing the class and giving instructions without having to talk loudly. They may also be used to indicate certain classroom activities organize students into groups. Then again, there are times when the students may be talking among themselves and may not hear or pay attention to the teacher's voice. Here, too, gestures may be helpful. Your attitude, voice, appearance, and body language can benefit your relationship with the students. For example, nodding your head to show that you are listening to them, being expressive and smiling, putting some excitement into your speech, and varying your pitch, volume, and rate. Those will be valuable strategies to promote effective communication. So, section A, Gestures, facial expression, and mime. In foreign language classroom, gestures, facial expression, and mime can be used to help clarify the linguistic input. This is particularly important when teaching beginners or near-beginners, to reinforce the meaning of instructions and provide information on activities through a different channel, to reduce verbal explanations, and to attract the student's attention. Subsection B, voice. Modulating voice quality in appropriate ways can help the foreign language teacher with classroom management. Changes in your voice can be used to show your attitude and reaction to class events, to simulate characters' voices in a story or in a conversational exchange, to provide feedback on the student's performance, to calm down and upset students, to control the noise level of the classroom, know that students tend to love the teacher's volume, to get the student's attention, variations in the voice pitch and or volume act as general attention getters, the teacher can also raise the volume of her or his voice slightly, for example to mark the beginning of a lesson, and to signal transitions in a lesson between activities and or stages. Subsection C. Eye contact. Eye contact is extremely important both to establish rapport with the students and to have control over the class. Eye contact can be used to signal who is to speak and or participate in an activity. To get feedback on whether the students have understood what they are supposed to do. If they look puzzled, they would probably need additional information. To get information on the students' reactions to the lesson. Are they enjoying it? Do they look bored? Is the pace of the lesson too slow or too fast? To get information on who knows the answer to a question or who wants to make a contribution following the cues or prompts provided by the teacher and or the material. And to control individual pupils' talking time. By breaking eye contact while a particular student is speaking, the teacher signals that her or his turn to speak is over. Section 4. Nonverbal reactions to messages in different contexts. In order to achieve a foreign language linguistic competence, students must develop both a linguistic and a non linguistic reaction to different messages and communicative situations, such as oral answers to oral messages, students should be able to summarize dialogue, conversations, descriptions, etc. performing the class. Recognize and use basic communicative strategies, both linguistic and non linguistic to avoid obstacles in communication, and non linguistic answers to oral messages. Students should be able to follow instructions providing physical answers, like stand up or sit down. Subsection A, teaching through TPR. The most popular and worldwide known approach for this purpose is TPR, Total Physical Response Method by James Asher. By means of which students are asked to give a physical answer, gesture movement, to a command and they are not forced to any linguistic production until they feel ready to it. This method has proved of great importance and success with very young learners, especially at the first stages of the learning process. The importance of TPR is to help students to grasp the general meaning of communication within a situation with the help of gestures and mime. If well combined, these nonverbal strategies can transmit simple messages which can clearly convey meaning. Subsection B. Activities with nonverbal strategies. Some useful activities to help students to grasp the general meaning of communication through nonverbal strategies could be... A. Use of mime and gestures to introduce vocabulary, to accompany songs and stories, to sequence steps or stories, etc. B. Dicta-flash, where students are asked to put flashcards in the same order or position the teacher is dictating. C. Picture dictations, where students are asked to make pictures of things the teacher is dictating. D. Guessing games such as Who is Missing or Who's Who, where children use pictures to elicit linguistic responses. E. 20-questions-games. Where children can only answer yes or no to a series of questions to guess the person, animal, or object in a picture. F, any kind of videos, PowerPoint presentations, films, etc., where children are asked to describe what is happening. G, dramatic play or symbolic games. As here, we can join both verbal and nonverbal communication in the same way they occur in real-time situations. Conclusion. To sum up and as a conclusion, what I have developed in this essay is verbal and nonverbal communication and their role in the English language teaching classroom. First, I have dealt with the concept of communication and its characteristics. In addition, I have analyzed the concept of communicative competence from the perspective of the Council of Europe. Then, I have explored nonverbal communication and its devices in depth from different authors' perspectives. Next, I have commented on some other extra linguistic strategies for the classroom. Finally. I have compiled some practical applications for the use of numberable reactions by using techniques of the TPR approach by Acer, the most well-known of them all. Personal Opinion In my personal opinion, blah, blah, blah. Bibliography Acer J. 1988 Learning Another Language Through Actions, The Complete Teacher's Guidebook California, Sky Oaks Productions Halliwell S. 1993 Teaching English in the Primary Classroom, London, Longman, Harmer J., 2015, The Practice of English Language Teaching, 5th Edition, Essex, UK, Pearson Education Limited, Littlewood W., 1981, Communicative Language Teaching, Cambridge, Cambridge University Press.